0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين استفا أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Ittakhilla hay Suma kund wa at vi is say atal hasan at a muha waha li kin nasabi hulokin hasan Abu Kama Kalin Nabi Yusallullah sallam. Most respected students of Deen mothers and sisters. Alhamdulillah, by the grace and mercy of Allah Tala. We have completed a very great ibadat. Many would have been part of the qurbani that took place in their homes, wherever. Many may have themselves performed qurbani or witnessed it. In any case, this was a great ibadat and also gave us great lessons Many a times after the ibadat is over, we forget about what it taught us, what are the lessons it gave us, and we wait for the next year when it will come back, to then go through the motions again, but that is not the object and purpose, to just merely go through the motions. On the one hand, it is to fulfill whatever the command of Allah Ta'ala is. At the same time, it is meant to bring into our lives many deep lessons. Qurbani, as we discussed previously, is to develop within us the jazba and that enthusiasm, that zeal for Qurbani itself, meaning sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala, sacrifice in every aspect of life. And the greatest sacrifice that is required of us is to sacrifice whatever becomes an obstacle in fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala or in being obedient to Allah Ta'ala. Anything that comes in the way, for example, it's time for Salah and now something is coming in the way of that Salah. It might be some work that a person is involved in. It might be even sometimes some Deen work, somebody is doing the madrasa work. So madrasa, they are learning Quran Sharif, they are learning Hadith Sharif, they are learning Fiqh, learning various other aspects of Deen. So this is Deen, but when the time has come for Salah, then that will take the priority. And first Salah will be performed. So now, at that time, to make that adjustment, So can we imagine when even some dini work comes in the way, then that too will be adjusted and first the Salah will be performed. What can we say if some dunya is becoming an obstacle? That some aspect of dunya or something futile, Allah forbid how many times people miss their Salah because of something that is futile. Generally the example of something futile that is given to men To males, boys, is the aspect of sport, the spectating of sport that is, and (coughs) aspects of football and rugby and whatever else that people get caught up in, and many other issues of this nature. This is the examples that, these are the examples that are given to men or to boys, because generally, this is what traditionally has been their obstacle. Over the years and through the generations, this becomes an obstacle for many, many youth, young people, boys, men. But with the passing of time, now suddenly this is no more confined to men and no more confined to boys. This is all the plot of shaitan, the so-called equality of the genders, that males and females are all equal in every respect and they must be involved in all the various spots as well that men are involved in, women must be involved in, and the other way around, well, I don't know whether the other way around they make it happen, but everything that men do, women must do. That is the only way that they want to make it equal. It's strange that why this equality doesn't work the other way around also. Women want to be wearing men's clothes only. So the kind of pants that the men wear, the women want to wear, and whatever... Shirts men wear, women want to wear Everything women want to wear What men wear That's what's happening out in the world And why? Because there must be this equality But then this must work the other way around also That the men must also Sometimes They must wear dresses like the women The kind of dresses that women wear Which are clearly feminine garments Then the equality must work both ways So it is not equality it is shaitan's whispering of making women feel that they are, that there is some sort of inferiority, that they are less and they are inferior and they don't have that kind of uh, respect if they be what women should be in order to be respected in society, in order to be one better than the others, in order to look like they are somebody great then they will have to give up their femininity and they will have to become like men. Now this is the deception that is being put out there in dunya. And therefore now, to try and keep up with this, even girls would be playing football. Until recently, until maybe even ten years ago, this was a oh, little bit more than that, this was something far away from anybody's imagination. But it's happening now, and it's being pushed by an agenda. It's not happening by chance. And the purpose is to make people feel that if they don't, women feel, to make women feel that if they don't behave like men, then there's something wrong with them. And now they make them behave like men, so that something really becomes wrong with them. But this is the deception that in the process they make them feel very happy about themselves. Can we imagine if a man had to be made to wear some dress, woman's dress, and he feels very happy about himself. And he is, feels proud about himself. And people are telling him, you're looking stupid. This is not a dress for a male. This is a female's dress. With all the frills and whatever else. And he says, no, he's very happy about it. And this is excellent for him. Everybody will regard him as mad. But he says, no, he's fine. So you regard him as even more insane. Insane. That he is wearing what is a male, a female garment, and he is very happy about it, and he is regarding himself as good in it also. Then you see something is even worse wrong with him. This is exactly what has happened with the bombardment of the media, and the propaganda, and the way things are marketed, and the very subtle, the manipulation of the mind, the way the mind is controlled via the media and via Whatever they keep putting out With those novels and with whatever else They change the way The mind thinks Over time this happens And then the person who is involved In his stupidity Actually believes that he is one Better than the others So now they got women to start behaving like men Dressing like men Doing the things men should be doing And giving up the things that they should be doing And now this stupidity That they got into because if a man wears a dress and he's going to be stupid, if a woman dresses like a man, that's stupid also. But they feel very good about it, feel excellent about it. That is the added stupidity into it. That they feel not they want good, one better. They are one above the rest. That is the person who is now doing something stupid and thinking about himself as doing something good, that is the added stupidity. So this is just all to try and break down this Sharam, this Haya, to break down this morality, break down modesty, break down shame. So now everybody is being taken in that same direction, whereas that clear distinction, Nabi Islam, Allah has created that clear distinction between men and women, and in the way that they will conduct themselves. And this is the, the superiority of a woman. Oh, this is the virtue of a woman that she fulfills the role that she has been created for. She conducts herself in the way that she has been created for and with the, the, the way that she has been guided to do so in the Quran and by Rasulullah Wasallam. And the virtue of a man is that he conducts himself the way he should be conducting himself. And in the manner and fulfilling the role that has been chalked out for him. But this is the way the dunya is being moved by those who have other motives, by those who have a hidden agenda. And we get caught up into this and we get moved into this. So as a result, you'll find, for example, if you put forward an issue of a career, going out in the world and doing various things that are a career thing in front of a woman, they would be very happy about it. And they'll say, this is the thing, this is what I should be doing also. And if you suggest to them, many, many, obviously not everybody, but a great many of them, that look, your place is to be looking after the home and the family and raising the ummat and inculcating the right values in the children that will grow up tomorrow, they will take very, very negatively to this. Talk to them about running the house and attending to the chores of the house then this is something like a like an insult to many. And talk to them about going to university and going to college and in the midst of all those environments where everything about haya and modesty and shame will be broken down, then that doesn't matter. But going into that environment and getting a degree and getting a career, this will be a big thing for them. Why? Because of this propaganda of the dunya. And this is the way now the mind is thinking. And now you try to explain to somebody the other way around, that too becomes an impossibility. One ustad teaching somewhere, and he ha- got, was having a program like as we having now. So he was explaining something to the girls in that madrasa, And through the talk, he was explaining something. And in that process, he explained this particular aspect that I am talking about now. That a woman's place is at home, and she should be looking after the family, taking care of their needs and bringing up the children in the right way, etc, etc. So obviously meaning that she should not be out in the, intermingling with people in the work, in the workplace and going into all kinds of things that get her involved in so many haram, intermingling with non-mahrams and whatever else goes out in the world. So, when he explained this, some actually immediately retorted. You think that I am going to stay at home and not go to university? And I am going to be stuck in the four walls of the house? And I am not going to get a degree? You think I am going to do that? Now, this was a rethought as a result of what is in the mind, what has become the mindset. The mindset has become the westernized mind. And therefore, person cannot even think in any other way right now. So, where did this start off from? It gets, this is from that propaganda of the West, from that media, how it changes things. We digressed a bit, we were talking about uh, this, this example started off on the note of that something futile, when the example used to be given previously of something futile, then the example used to be given of football, etc. to boys, that they get caught up in this, and how they get brainwashed with it, that a person now uh, will be shouting, "We won!" Now he's following some team playing far away in another part of the world, and they'll be shouting, "We won!" And he'll be "Over the moon, we won!" You ask him what you won?" So he won nothing. He didn't win anything, but he's still so happy that he won. What won my team won? The team even knows you exist, they don't know he exists, but he won. Now this is the stupidity that Overcomes so many people Thousands, millions of people That they want, what they want, they want nothing Who they are jumping for, they don't even know That this person exists But in this way How many things get Disrupted in terms of a person's Deen, in terms of a person's Preparation for Akhirat Where did this start off from? That the person was not ready To make the sacrifice of things That are futile We said that this Qurbani taught us how to make the correct sacrifices. The Qurbani teaches us that anything that comes in the way of the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, that will be sacrificed. We will not sacrifice the command of Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise, we get washed away into all these things that are totally futile and not just futile, then things that are impermissible, things that are clearly haram, one thing leads to another. Now a person doesn't have the, or is not ready to sacrifice futile things. For example, we take this spotting that carries on, spectating all these kinds of sports. At the very least, at the very least, this would be something that is in the category of layani, in the category of something that is futile. But actually it's not just that, it's beyond that. There is so many things There are so many things that are involved in it which are clearly impermissible. But if we just take it at that level, at the very least level of it being futile, but this fut- involvement in this futile opens the doors to so many things. For example, now a person gets caught up in this. Now comes the time of Salah and that Salah is getting delayed because now this match is on a very, very crucial moment. Don't know now what's going to be the outcome. Everything is now either they're gonna score a goal in this last moments, five minutes left, ten minutes left, or you don't know who's gonna win, who's gonna lose, it's a crucial so now the person that Salah is getting delayed. Now normally men, now it's time for Salah to go to the masjid. But now in this five minutes you gonna to go to the masjid, then that Salah will that, that maybe by that time this game will get decided. He might just miss out on the crucial part of the game. So he's delaying, delaying, now the Jamaat went. And sometimes he's delaying to the point where the Jamaat went, that Namaz became Qaza also. How many times this happens? And sometimes the person went away for Salah. Now he went away for Salah and all the time now there's a big uh, weight on his mind that why is this Imam taking so long now? Because he wants to rush back to go and see what he's doing. What's going on? Where he's going to watch? On television. Others host of harams on that. Now one thing leads to another. Now Even if we for argument's sake accept that this in itself was futile, it wasn't beyond that. Then to how many things it now got a person involved in? And how many things it disrupted in terms of his deen? In terms of his getting closer to Allah Ta'ala? It took him further away. So Qurbani gave us this lesson that we have to learn to sacrifice all those things that become a barrier in getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. The same lessons that we've learned repeatedly in the past. For example, our dressing. The garment that we are choosing to wear, whether it is going to be something outdoors, something indoors, is this garment going to get us closer to Allah Ta'ala? Or become a barrier from that? Is it conducive to haya? Or against the Dictates of Haya. If it is conducive to Haya, obviously there are certain things that would be somewhat relaxed inside the home. But overall, is it conducive to Haya in that context? Or is it against the dictates of Haya? And outside the home, then that's a different issue altogether. Then it must be what the requirements of Shariat actually is. It must be distractive, not attractive. If out of necessity, a person has to leave the home, then what one wears, according to the Hadith Sharif, the crux of it is, that it should be distractive. Not necessarily that it has to be filthy or something, but it must not be a form of attraction in any way. A person must get distracted. He must look the other way. But, nowadays, what was meant to be distracting, that too has been made attracting. There will be that Sharqiya label that is bold and must catch the eye. Then it'll catch the eye in such a way that Sharqiya means west, means east, but it'll take a person right into the west. That's how bold that label must be. Now this keeps coming up: this issue that is it wrong to wear something uh, because of the quality? Fine, with the quality, but is it attracting somebody's eye or distracting the eye? Is it attracting that I am also in style? I also wear something with the right labels. Put the label inside. Who stopped you from wearing with the label inside? But, say, but I bought it, the big chunk of the money went in the label. If it wasn't for this label, then it won't be so expensive. So then that gives the game away that what we really buying it for, you buying it for the quality, put the label inside. But this is unfortunately the way Shaitan is taking it. That what was meant to be distracting the gaze of others, making them turn away, that has become now a source of attraction. So now this, this Qurbani lesson of Qurbani is giving us this same message, that are we ready to make these sacrifices and make Qurbani of those things that take us further away from Allah. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi sallallahu says, "Man labisa albasahu Allah That the person who will wear garments of show, in other words, a person is wearing something in order to attract somebody else's attention, not necessarily male's attention. Even within the females themselves, that somebody else must see, mashallah, what I am wearing. Others must notice. Others must take note that I am also wearing something grand. It must look good to others. One is a person is wearing something good, wearing something better because I will feel good in it. So it is conducive to Haya, it is within the limits of Shariat, it is a good garment, it is looking nice maybe, very good, no problem. So nobody has stopped one from that. And why one one is wearing it? Well, I can afford it with the halal wealth. I am not asking anybody, I am not putting myself in any difficulty. And I will feel nice wearing something good, no problem, provided it conforms to the requirements of Shariat it conforms to the dictates of Haya, then fine. And one is not wearing it in front of non-mahrams and so on, then it's fine. But is it being worn because one feels happy or to impress others? That is the big question. If it is to impress others, then that falls into this category of what is mentioned in this Hadith Sharif. The only one that can be, it be worn to impress is the husband. Because that is something that he has been commanded. But apart from that, if it's being warned to impress anybody else, then in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says, the one who wears garments to impress others, Allah Ta'ala will clothe the person with garments of disgrace on the day of Qiyamat. Now that is what Qurbani has come to teach us. To sacrifice those things that will become a source of dis- disgrace for us on the day of Qiyamat. To sacrifice all those things that become a barrier between us and the closeness of Allah Ta'ala. So now, for example, we said Salah, the time of Salah has come, and some things are becoming a barrier, something is becoming an obstacle, something is making us delay that Salah, for somebody it is now, some involvement in some household chore, for example. Now that household chore is not just something permissible, it's sometimes necessary also, that work is important, it's necessary. But the time of Salah has come, now the lesson of qurbani is that this household chore will be put aside and salah will be performed first. So can we imagine then if a person was busy just lazing around and playing with the phone or doing something else that was uh, not even important in any way and namaz is getting dis- delayed due to that then how much more wrong that will be what a Terrible deprivation that will be. So Qurbani has come to give us that lesson. Now Qurbani finished off several days ago. After the Qurbani, have we started implementing the lesson of Qurbani, for example, in terms of our Salah, that we don't allow anything to come in its way. We make Qurbani of all the obstacles. Then our daily ma'mulat. Now sometimes it requires some Qurbani of sleep, maybe in the morning after Fajr, to recite the things that we should be reciting. So it will take 5 minutes, maybe 7 minutes, 10 minutes. Now somebody just cannot make qurbani of that little sleep at that time. So as a result we get deprived. So now qurbani has come to teach us to make that sacrifice at that time, that little sacrifice which will take us closer to Allah Ta'ala. That little sacrifice of sleep, that little sacrifice of some leisure and pleasure, But these sacrifices will take us at a high speed towards Allah Ta'ala. Likewise, when we are tempted towards haram, and that is the real Qurbani, somebody is tempted towards haram through the phone, through chatting, through the social media, putting up all these kinds of pictures all over the place to take those pictures of haram to start off with, and then to post them we all in sundry are going to see them. That's an added sin, very great sin. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salasim says that among those who will get the greatest punishment of the day of Qiyamat is Al-Musawwirun, the picture makers. And photography is a very high level of picture making. It's a very, very sophisticated and a very uh, fine manner of picture making, which is far far superior than the picture making by means of the drawing with the hand. So obviously this will apply to that as well. So, now when those temptations are there, a person, others are urging one to now also do the same. But at that time one makes qurbani of the nafs. One makes qurbani of these wrong desires and does not give in to these things. There is some kind of contact somebody is trying to make in whichever way and now this temptation is there to reply this temptation is there to accept this invitation and at that time a person makes the qurbani of the nafs just like we put the knife on the throat of that animal this nafs is like an animal also and to put the knife on the throat of this nafs and not give in to that haram desire that is what Qurbani has come to teach us. But just as in the case of Qurbani, when a person performs the Qurbani, now he made the sacrifice, he spent the money. It was sometimes maybe a little bit difficult for somebody also. He was Qurbani was compulsory upon him, but things were a little tight. But he said, "Well, it's compulsory. I got to do it." So he did it. Now, what becomes the end result after making the Qurbani? So the same like Ibrahim alayhi salam. He set forth to make the qurbani what became the end result. Allah Ta'ala protected him. Protected his son. Allah Ta'ala made this a means of great khair and barkat for them. Allah Ta'ala made it a means of respect for them. Allah Ta'ala made it a means of great benefit in dunya and untold benefit in akhirat. Made it a means of such great uh good coming out of it, that till Qiyamah, people are being made to remember this great sacrifice. Now because this was a sacrifice of a very high level. But likewise, when we will make the sacrifice, in the smaller level, we make the sacrifice of one animal, how much good comes out of it? We feel happy, we get the sawab, such unlimited rewards, every hair person gets rewarded, and it becomes a means of protection from the fire of Jahannam, and gets accepted in the court of Allah Ta'ala, Together with that, we get happy about what we have just performed, the ibadat. We get to benefit from the meat of that animal. We share it with others, they get happy. So this spreads happiness to others also. So so much of good came out of doing that qurbani. So this was the qurbani of the animal. Likewise, when a person will make the qurbani of the nafs, the person will make the qurbani of those things that become an obstacle in the path of Allah Ta'ala the person will make the qurbani of those things that become an obstacle in fulfilling one's obligations of deen, performing one's salah, fulfilling one's mamulat, staying away from haram. Then Allah Ta'ala makes this qurbani a means of tremendous khair and barakat. It becomes a means of respect and honor. You'll find those in the family also respecting a person who is conscious of deen, who on salah time is now immediately proceeding towards salah. Not that we are doing this or should be doing it for the respect of people. We should do it solely for Allah ta'ala. But this is the reward from the side of Allah ta'ala. Allah ta'ala puts the love of such a person in the hearts of the family people, in the house of, in the hearts of everybody at home, in the extended family and in others. Then this person is respected. Allah ta'ala grants barakah in that person's risk. Allah ta'ala gives that person afiat and safety in dunya. And there's so many good things that come in dunya also. And dunya is after all a place of challenge, so some tests do come. But the real thing is that when this person will leave the dunya, then the qabr will become a garden of jannah. And the bounties of jannah will start in the qabr already. On the day of qiyamat, this person will be given such respect and honor. Will get the shade of Allah Ta'ala's arsh. And then will cross the pulsirat with ease and afiat And the real destination is jannah where a person will have the everlasting bounties of the very high levels of Jannat. Now, all this is as a result of Qurbani. So, Qurbani came with a very great lesson. It came to teach us that we should not just fall headlong into whatever comes in our heart and mind, whatever temptations come, whatever desires come, and we should be part of it. No, it has come to teach us to sacrifice for Allah's sake. Now, we need to surround and think need to surround and reflect what are the things in my my life currently, presently, today, now, as I am sitting here now, I need to be thinking what I have still not put the knife on. Everybody might have something else that we have to still put the knife on. For somebody, it might be Allah forbid the aspect of music. We need to put the knife on that now. How long we are going to continue with this? Are we waiting for Malakul Moth to come and snatch us away while listening to some haram? Is that what we are waiting for? Allah Taala save us and protect us. For some it might be on looking at haram. What are we waiting for? Allah forbid, Allah forbid that a person is involved in looking at haram and at that moment Malakul Moth appears. These things have happened. Recently one brother, he mentioned that somebody he saw one of his friends or somebody looking very down, looking very, very sad, in a kind of grief or whatever. And he approached him, he asked him, is something wrong? What's the problem? That person is involved in some kind of burial work. Somebody passes away, then he will assist to go and fetch the body and whatever else, get the ghusal done and all the processes that need to be done. So he, when this friend asked him that what's the problem? Is something wrong? Then he said, no, I just had a very hard day. What happened? So he says, I had to go into a casino and fetch the body of a Muslim. This person has gone into the casino to go and gamble. And he was fit. He was healthy. He was probably already dreaming about what he's going to do with the money that he will win. And all kinds of things he was planning. But his janaza had to be picked up from that casino. The call finally came that so-and-so was here and he has died. Suddenly out of the blue, he just collapsed and he's died. And the family was contacted somehow. And then they had to contact these people who do the burial work. And they had to come inside that casino with a Muslim hearse or however they went and fetch the body of a Muslim. Now at that time, when he was entering that place of haram, if somebody suggested to him that you may not leave here alive, it's a chance Allah knows best that he might have laughed at them. Me, I'm fit, healthy. Okay, I know death can come anytime, but not me, not now. It can come, but it won't happen to me, not now. That is what would have crossed his mind. If he didn't say it also, it would have crossed his mind that I don't think I'm going to die now. I will have to die one day, obviously. But not now. It won't happen to me now. But it happened. So likewise, when we are tempted to do something haram, Shaitan at that time will say, you will die one day, but not now. You will pass through this. You still got a long time to go. You have to go one day, but not now. You will got good years to go still. Don't worry. But young and old, healthy and fit, anybody and everyone, when the time comes, have to go. It happens sometimes very suddenly, in a moment a person is gone, and a person now is bewildered what to do, and how to overcome this, but it's too late. Malakul Moth has come, and the person has left. So, if the person has left in a good condition, the person has left in a condition of the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, subhanallah. What a wonderful thing. But if the person was in a condition of sin, what a disaster. So, this is what Qurbani has come to teach us. That we put the knife, now we need to sit out and think. That for somebody it's music, for somebody it's the haram chatting, for somebody it's all the filth that they are sometimes getting caught up in looking at, for somebody it's the all the social media and the Instagram and whatever else all these things get carry on. So all these things we need to put the knife on. And we need to give up all the wrongs that we may have got caught up in and turn sincerely to Allah Ta'ala. When a person turns sincerely to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala's mercy rushes towards him. And then whatever wrong might have happened, the person makes sincere tawbah over that. Allah Ta'ala's mercy is very great. Allah Ta'ala forgives the person. Allah Ta'ala removes every trace of that sin. Even the angels also are not made party to that. They also don't know anything later on that this person had committed this sin because they are made to forget it as well. It's wiped out from every record. But we need to make that, we need to make that effort. We need to turn to Allah wa Ta'ala. We need to sincerely repent to Him and make the qurbani of all those things that become an obstacle between us and the closeness of Allah Ta'ala. Then we will find, inshallah, our dunya also will become a place of great peace, great uh, tranquility. We will enjoy our life in dunya, despite the challenges of dunya. We will be content. That is the real enjoyment. The real enjoyment is in the heart. That a person is content in whatever the conditions are, in the challenges, etc. Many a times people talk about this. They were experiencing a lot of difficulties and a lot of hardships. The situation hasn't Changed dramatically Some little things have improved But the person says Alhamdulillah I changed the way I was conducting myself I am now feeling quite content Despite the challenges I am content Now that is the real wealth That is the real happiness That a person is content And a person Is comfortable in his heart Thereafter Allah Inshallah bless the person in dunya also And the real place is Nevertheless the akhirat That is where we need to, or that is what we need to aspire for, and that is where Allah Ta'ala will truly reward us and fully reward each one. May Allah Ta'ala give us the tafik of truly undertaking the qurbani that we are supposed to be undertaking. May Allah Ta'ala grant us the ability to put the knife on all the things that become an obstacle in getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, and especially in terms of staying away from every haram and in fulfilling all the commands of Allah Ta'ala, in terms of our salah, etc. This, nothing must come in the way of this. Nothing must come in the way of refraining from guna. Anything that is pushing us towards guna, we will put the knife on that. Allah Ta'ala grant me and all of us the tawfiq, and make us his true and sincere servants. Wahiru dawana and ilhamdulillahi rabil alameen. Shukru walaka shukrukulu. Allahumalan or sithana and alaik. Antakama ethnita ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna, nabiyana, Muhammadan, sallallahu alaihi wa sallam abima hua alu. Rabbana alamna and fusana wa ilamtah filana, water hamna than a kuna nami alhasirin. Rabbihirwar waafu wa tekaram, wa teja wa zamma talam. إنك أنت العز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وَاتُبْ علينا وَاتُبْ علينا وَاتُبْ علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وَأَسْحَابِهِ اجمعين سبحان ربك رب الْعِزَّةِ عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب